book of Revelation. The book of Revelation, we're going to be looking at it for the uh, very last time today. Revelation 22. Revelation 22, and we're going to be starting in verse 6. This will be the last message on the summer-long series on heaven that we've been doing. But before we go any further, I'd like you to help me out by answering a question. And the question is this. How many of you have seen the movie The Lord of the Rings? Raise your hand. All right, a whole lot of you. Well, that will be very... Now I know what I'm going to do in the middle of the sermon. So how's that for a hook? But before we go there, uh, last Wednesday morning at our men's weekly men's breakfast, which we call Iron Hour, as in iron sharpens iron, I began, as we usually do, with a question that we then discussed together uh, after breakfast. The question was this, looking over the last several years, what are some of your thoughts about the global financial crisis? Um, And someone said, you mean the local financial crisis, don't you? And I said, well, yeah, unfortunately, maybe the question should be, looking over the last several years, what are some of your thoughts about the individual, local, regional, national, global financial crisis? And needless to say, we had a very lively discussion. And at the top of the left-hand side of the whiteboard, where I write down some of the insightful comments we get every week, I wrote the word think at the top. And then we wrote down everything we were thinking about the global financial crisis. And then on the right side, I wrote the word do. And under that was everything we might be doing in light of this crisis. And then we took a look at what Revelation 21 says we ought to be thinking and ought to be doing in light of the times. In light of the times. It's like something's going on, isn't it? I mean... This uh, individual, local, regional, national, global financial crisis isn't even the half of it, right? We've got drought conditions in this nation that parallel the Great Depression. Droughts, floods, heat waves, earthquakes, tornadoes, tsunamis, you name it. And you just wonder, what is it going to be next? Every generation since Christ left, has thought that they were the last. And that's good, because that's His way of keeping His people on the edge of their seats. And we're closer now than ever before. What's going on in the world has never more perfectly matched, or at least more potentially matched, what's predicted in the Bible about the last days. And revelation was given not only to let us know what's going to be happening, but to let God's people know what they ought to be thinking and what they ought to be doing in light of what's happening. And so, over everything, we wrote on the left-hand side of the board what we're thinking. Over all that we were thinking, I wrote what the Bible says, what Revelation says, and that is we need to be anchored in the certainty of our hope. And then over everything that we could be doing, many things that were right, that we ought to be doing, um, I wrote at the very top, we need to be ready. What should we be thinking? Be anchored in the certainty of your hope. This hope we have is an anchor for the soul, says the writer of the Hebrews. And uh, what ought we to be doing? We need to be ready in light of our hope. And so those are the two questions that uh, we're going to ask today. One, are you anchored in the certainty of your hope? Do you even have that hope of heaven? And two, are you ready 
in light of our hope. These are the two themes that are literally woven together in Revelation 22 at the end, like two strands of a rope. Um, First, these days more than ever, we need to be anchored lest we be cast hither and yon by increasingly stormy seas. Starting in verse 6, And he, that is the angel, he said to me, that is the Apostle John who's been telling us about all these amazing things, he said to me, these words are trustworthy and true. What words? Well, the whole of Revelation about what's going to happen at the end of the world, but in particular, the chapter that came just before, Revelation 21, which we've been looking at for seven weeks now, about all that awaits us in the hereafter, those who know Christ as their Savior. We've been seeing just how true it is, just like Paul said, that no eye has seen, remember the verse? Nor ear has heard, nor mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. 1 Corinthians 2.9 We took one week to look at the millennium, the golden age here on earth of a thousand years. And then for three weeks we looked at the new creation. And for three weeks we looked at literally the centerpiece of the new creation, New Jerusalem. And I don't know about you, but I felt like saying, just like they just sang, I can only imagine, right? I can only imagine what it was like for John when he saw a new heaven and a new earth. I'm reading it now at the beginning of the chapter, chapter 21. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with His people, is with man. And He will dwell with them, and they will be His people. And God Himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. And he also said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. And then John picks up the same theme at the end, that these words are trustworthy and true. And so no matter what happens under it all, you can be anchored in the certainty of your hope. And so important is it that we be anchored in this certainty, especially in stormy seas, that this is how the angel ends it. He weaves this as a theme. Again, verse 6, he said to me, these words, this is chapter 22, verse 6, these words are trustworthy and true. And the Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, has sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. And if it was soon back then, we're on the very threshold today. So we have this angelic confirmation. This will happen. This is certain. And then two verses uh, later, there's an apostolic confirmation. Verse 8, I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. He's saying, they were not a figment of my imagination. I saw it with my own eyes. And then verse 13, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. God is essentially uh, signing his name on the book here. He's saying, I'm the author and every word is true. And then verse 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify you to, to you about these things. These words are from me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. You can depend on them. 
Are you anchored in the certainty of our hope? They're all saying you can bank on it. Just like, just like James Gordon Gilkey banked on it. Remember him from the very beginning of this series, the first Sunday when we focused on heaven? Some of you do. He was one of the Christian leaders in Portland, Oregon, who was told by his physician that he had fallen victim to an incurable disease. Maybe some of you have discovered that recently. There was no possible way by which death could be averted or even very long delayed. And when he heard the news, what did he do? Well, here's his own account of the hours that followed. I walked out of my home, which was five miles from the doctor in the center of the city. And there in my home, I looked at the river and the mountain that I loved. And then as the twilight deepened, at the stars glimmering in the sky, I said to them, I may not see you many times more, but river, I shall be alive when you have ceased your running to the sea. Mountain, I shall be alive when you have sunk down into the plain. Stars, I shall be alive when you have fallen from the skies. There is a man who was anchored. Anchored in the certainty of his hope. And what that means is this. Whatever you're going through, if you're a follower of Christ, everything will be okay in the end. Everything will be okay in the end. And so if it's not okay... It is not the end. It is not. If you're a true believer, you may be looking anxiously all around you, but you, you can lay down your weary head in light of all these things. I mentioned the Lord of the Rings at the beginning. And uh, for those of you who have seen it, remember at the very end of the last movie, my son Cameron and I were watching it a, a couple weeks ago, uh, when Frodo and Gandalf boarded the ship in the Grey Havens and they sailed off into the west, into the sunset. Remember that? Their time on this earth as they knew it was over. They'd, they'd been through hell and high water. They'd been to the land of Mordor and back. Their lives were like many of ours. They're at these epic battles. And sometimes they wondered whether they could take another step further. Maybe you're wondering that right now. Battles with evil, battles with self, battles uh, with friends, with your own family maybe. Ba battles with circumstances that often seem insurmountable. That's what life was like for them. Can you relate? But somehow, against all odds, they made it to the end. Just like you will if you know Christ as your Savior. It's kind of like Pastor John Ames said in a great novel. You might want to read it called Gilead. It won the Pulitzer Prize. Maybe you can relate to this. He said, he was at the end of his life, and he said, I can't believe that when we have all been changed and put on incorruptibility, we will forget our fantastic condition of mortality and impermanence. I can't believe that we will forget the, break, the great bright dream of procreating and perishing that meant the whole world to us. In eternity, this world will be Troy, he said, and all that is past here will be the epic of the universe the ballad they'll sing in the streets. We are in the epic of the universe down here, just like in the Lord of the Rings. The whole trilogy, in a way, is a parable of the Christian life. And at the end of the last movie, The Return of the King, they sailed off into the West, just like we will. And, and in the credits, if you stick around, and I, uh, at the very end, for the credits, uh, Anne Lennox sings this song, Into the West. 
And it's like she sings it over Frodo and Gandalf as they sailed away. And somehow she's singing it over all of us. Not just at the end of our lives, but over all our trials and tribulations. This promise of what's to come. She says, lay down your sweet and weary head. Night is falling. You've come to journey's end. Sleep now and dream of the ones who came before. They are calling from across the distant shore. This is Christ singing to all who are His. This is what He'll say when we pass away. This is what He's saying right now. Whatever you're going through, of the certainty of our hope in Him. She sings, why do you weep? What are those tears upon your face? Soon you will see. All of your fears will pass away. Safe in my arms, you're only sleeping. Kind of reminds me of the graveside service for Winnie Jacquemard that uh, I did at Dillon Cemetery. Some of the family are here today, just yesterday. And I thought of Winnie as we talked about her together. I thought about this very song. What can you see, she says, on the horizon? Why do the white gulls call? Across the sea, the pale moon rises. The ships have come to carry you home. Hope fades into the world of night through shadows falling. Out of memory and time, don't say we have come now to the end. White shores are calling. You and I will meet again. Are you anchored in your hope? Well, maybe you need to hear him sing this over you right now. He knows what you've been through. Brave hobbit. Way to go. And he knows where he's taking you. You're in the epic of the universe, a saga that someday will be singing in the streets. And he's looking down on you in compassion right now, and he's singing over you just like he will when he takes you home. So let's listen. And as you do, why not just rest in His arms right now? Why not apply all of this by laying down your weary head right now, anchored in the hope that the ships will come to carry you home too into the West? Let's listen.
If you know Christ as your Savior, you are in His arms right now. And He's singing His truth over you. And the ships will come to take you someday into the West. And everything will be okay in the end. And so if it's not okay, it's not the end. Through it all, we need to be anchored in the certainty of our hope. And that brings peace. Because the first thing John says about this several times as we've seen is that you can bank on it. But as I said, there are two themes woven into this, these verses. First, we can be anchored in the certainty of our hope. And um, second, though, we need to be not just be anchored, but to be ready. To be ready in light of our hope. That's the second theme that's woven into this chapter. You see it in verse 7. Behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book to the very end. That is, be ready. Verse 11. Let the evildoer still do evil, and the filthy still be filthy, and the righteous still do right, and the holy still be holy. The idea being that there are some who are so given over to their sins, so lost in their sins, so hardened that they will just not change. They won't. So be it, he's saying. But if you're one who's seeking to be righteous, he's saying, keep doing it. 
Why? Next verse, verse 12. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense with me to repay everyone for what he has done. So at all costs, be ready. Verse 14. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that is, who keep themselves clean. And when they fall into impurity of whatever kind, they come clean with God, who wash their robes. They confess it and get up again and start going. So that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. He's talking about those who make these kinds of things their lifestyle. And they will not change. So don't be that way, he's saying. Be ready. You know, it kind of reminds me of a uh, public service announcement that, I, that some of you might remember. It was many, many years ago. It was on TV, courtesy of the American Cancer Society. It featured Yul Brenner. Any of you remember that guy? You date yourselves, but I'm, I'm with you on that. Of King and I fame. This man smoked five packs of cigarettes a day, and he started at the age of 12. He, he died of lung cancer in October of 1984. And before he died, he agreed to make the announcement uh, before his death. And after his death, they aired it on all the networks. It started with this eerie voice. Ladies and gentlemen, the late Yul Brenner. And sure enough, there he was, his, his unmistakable face, his bald head, his, his steely eyes, right? And he looked straight into the camera and without flinching, he said, now that I'm gone, I have one thing to say. Don't smoke. I tell you, whatever you do, just don't smoke. End of commercial. And no one else in America ever smoked again. Well, not quite, but the, the rate did go down. It had a significant impact. And as has the Apostle John had the same kind of impact because it's like he comes back for the future and he's seen heaven and hell and rewards and punishments. He's beheld what no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him and who live for him, who live in light of our, his, our hope. And he's seen what's awaiting those who live like there's no tomorrow. Like there's no God who we're answerable to. No, and then John looks us straight in the eyes. And he says, without flinching, he says, now that I'm back, I have one thing to say. Be ready. I tell you, whatever you do, just be ready. Are you ready? Are you Ever heard about the time that Satan asks three of his demons to come up with a heresy that would work the most damage? The first one said, I know what it is. Just convince them that there is no hell. And Satan said, well, that's good, but not quite what I'm looking for. So then another one comes up and says, I got it. Just convince them that there's no heaven. He said, well, that's good too, but there must be something better. And so after a while, the third one came up and he said, I know what it is. Just convince them that there is no hurry. And he went with that one. Just convince them that there is no hurry. And that's the one that he's been using to this day. That there is no hurry to be ready. So what does it mean to be ready? 
Well, if you don't know Christ as your Savior from sin, you need to get right with Him. Because He's very tender now, calling us, ministering to us, wooing us in His direction. But He's going to come as the Son of Man. His eyes will be like a flame of fire and will fall at His feet like dead men, they'll say. And then there will be a reckoning. You need to get right with Him. To own up to the things that you've done wrong and to tell Him that you're sorry and to believe that Christ died to pay the penalty for your sins, for all these things, and to ask Him into your heart so you can start living in a whole new way, to be with Him forever so you can be ready. And if you do know Christ as your Savior from sin, maybe you need to live for Him a little bit more. To forsake certain things that may be keeping you from Him. Maybe that's what you need to do. Well, if you need to make those kinds of commitments, I'd like you to come today. To actually get up and come down here. If you need to get right with Him or if you need to live more for Him, come. Come to the One who says, If anyone acknowledges Me publicly here on earth, I will openly acknowledge that person before My Father who is in heaven when we're going to be thanking our lucky stars, or maybe better, we'll be thanking our Lord and Savior that we stood for Him down here while there was still time. Come. Why do I say that? Well, that is the explicit application of this chapter. That's what this chapter tells us to do. They're the last and some of the most important words in the Bible. Again and again, they say, come. Listen, verse 17. The Spirit and the Bride say, come. Come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who desires to take the water of life without price, come, Lord Jesus, and I'll be ready. Through all these, Christ is calling, come. Did you know He's the one who said, come unto Me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Essentially, He's saying, lay down your weary head. Those are his words. He's calling as softly and as tenderly as Annie Lennox saying into the West. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Remember that song? An oldie but a goodie. <laughs> calling, O sinner, come home. And then it goes on to say, why should we tarry as though there's no hurry? Why should we tarry when Jesus is pleading, pleading for you and for me? Why should we linger and heed not His mercies? Mercies for you and for me. It's simply not true that there's no hurry. No, especially in light of the times. Be ready. Be ready. So, if you'd like to become a follower of Christ or to start following Him more closely, to recommit your life to Him, to be more centered, you know, in His arms and stormy weather in these dark days, how about, you know, putting a stake in the ground that you're never going to forget? Especially up here in Summit County. You'll never forget it, right? Surrounded by uh, this beauty. Listen now. I'd like you to listen for a few minutes. Listen not just to the song but to His voice, to what He's telling you to do. Um, Use this, and it'll be about three or four minutes, uh, as a chance to dial down whoever you are 
and tune into him. His word has gone forth today. And that word is alive and active and powerful. And it wants to speak to you and your inner man uniquely to you as to what you need to do to be uh, ready. Listen not just to the song, but listen to the Spirit. And then come as a public confession of your commitment to do whatever He says. Or maybe, maybe you're just dead tired. Dog tired. You know? Maybe you're just tired and weary and need Him to refresh you. Like they sang in the song for the offertory, all who are thirsty. All, I wrote it down. All who are weak, come to the fountain. Dip your heart in the stream of life. Let the pain and the sorrow be washed away in the waves of His mercy. So listen and respond however He leads you. And if you want to come down, I'll be sitting right in the middle on the front row. Just come down and sit down by me. This is Cynthia Clausen in a duet with the lead male vocal of the great group, Selah. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling, calling for you and for me. See, on the portals he's waiting and Oh. 
Come, because he is calling. Come, because he is coming. That, in a nutshell, is what the Christian faith is all about. And so that's how the Bible ends in this last chapter of the Bible. Listen. He who is faithful, he who is the faithful witness to all these things, says, yes, I am coming soon. To which John says, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. And then at the very last verse of the Bible, we hear the one word that Christianity is all about, where John says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Why don't we all stand together? And for those of you who came, if you'd like us to talk or to pray with you, just uh, stick around and we've got some people that... uh, will be able to do that, including me. But in light of these things, if you know Christ as your Savior, you can go in peace, whatever happens. So go into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Honor all men. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. And share this gospel. Love and serve the Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. And amen. Thanks for coming.